Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our fourth episode of No Literally. I am one of your hosts, Juan. And I'm Georgina. And we are excited by the feedback that we've gotten. I'm actually really surprised by the feedback we've gotten uh, so far. Um, So I'm really happy that you all are liking our content so far and hopefully you continue to like and enjoy uh, what we're putting out Georgina thoughts all of them yeah honestly I'm I'm extremely grateful like Mm -hmm. maybe it's like the pessimist in me but I'm always like everyone's gonna hate it (laughs) no literally (laughs) which which is why I mean we kind of picked I kind of suggested the topic for today because I mean, you know, you and I talked back and forth about how I didn't really want to share it on our social medias and stuff like that for the very same reason that it's like, if I'm not putting out something that's perfect, then it doesn't need to be seen by other people. And that's really not realistic (laughs) by any means, because I mean, when has somebody put out something that's like, let me not say that because Adele exists, but anyway. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen no, to that. But... No, but you're right. Like literally everything that's put out, like there's always some sort of criticism. And, and we're always like our hardest critics. Yeah, exactly. Like, we're mad critical of ourselves. And I think that was my thing. I was nervous to put something out there because I'm not an expert on it. Like obviously. I have these choppy ass edits, but like, (laughs) because I'm not an expert on it, I felt like, oh, everyone's going to hate it because it's not perfectly done, but whatever. Like, I just, I really want to say that I'm very grateful for all of our friends and their positive feedback and their support Mm -hmm. in this. Yeah. Because honestly, we did this, we're doing this for fun because we enjoy talking to each other and seeing people support us in that is very heartwarming. Mm-hmm. I agree. And yeah, Georgina did mention the topic for today, which was going to be um... <laughs> Georgina, I'm blanking on what the name is. <laughs> Imposter syndrome. Thank you. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I have a couple things before yeah. we start that I just remembered my mind. Oh, your mind. Okay, so... <laughs> Because we put this out there and our friends started listening, I have a couple of corrections from things that I've said. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? And I was actually thinking about that because when I was first, sorry to interrupt you. Um, uh, there's, a, <laughs> there's a hair in my mouth. How did that get there? <laughs> um anyway when i when i was first recording these three episodes with you i don't know what my mind was thinking but i was like nobody's ever gonna listen to this like nobody aside from the spirit (laughs) (laughs) nobody outside of just like us two and like gabby and andrew are gonna listen to it (laughs) so there i am name dropping people when i was re-listening to our podcast i really was like (laughs) man hannah stole my beanie jeremy you're all right (laughs) like 
my god, what is my issue with these people? So anyway, now you have to fist fight them. No, we're happy. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna try not to name drop people moving forward. Um, well, I'm about to start name dropping people. So. <laughs> okay, sorry to interrupt what you were gonna say. What were you gonna say? No, no, no. perfect. My corrections, though, uh, a good friend of ours named Yahari listened to the podcast and we were texting about it and she mentioned she was like not you saying alice in wonderland <laughs> i made a oh, recommendation what? you know oh. when we talked about squid games yeah um i made a recommendation oh it's, it's alice called... in borderland right and alice in borderland and i was like yeah alice in wonderland <laughs> like <laughs> the mouse is gonna come for my ass because <laughs> What mouse? Uh, oh, uh, Mickey. The, the Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> that was absolutely not correct. That um, rat. <laughs> that rat. That was one of them. And then when I mentioned that, I mean, not that this matters because Yura has bullied me for it. Because I used to read like historical fiction oh, novels yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mentioned that. I mentioned Betsy Ross that the story was one of uh, about Betsy Ross's daughter, but mm-hmm. it was Sally Hemings, not Betsy Ross. And by <laughs> the look on your face, nobody gives a rat's ass. But just thought I would mention it. <laughs> yeah, thank you for <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that correction because that was actually um, one of the points that I was going to bring up was whatever you just said so let me just <laughs> make a make some few slight edits to... <laughs> reminder don't fire georgina for saying <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness um... also before we jump in as well we've been posting our episode we posted that we are doing this podcast as well and i think it's important to give a huge shout out to the designer of our cover art so our friend uh gabby has um mm-hmm. what's her instagram catastrophe her... underscore creative but let me double check um oh i'm glad you said that because i almost said a moon child you almost said what a moon child designs or something. oh my god no you're right she changed it okay yeah okay yeah it's ugh, your mind so on Instagram, it's at moonchild.creative.co, and she is so talented, and I knew instantly when it came to cover art that I wanted her to design it, because, I mean, like, look at her page. It's really, it's really phenomenal work. Gabby, and a little, mm-hmm. yeah, Gabby, huge thank you. Like, I'm yeah. eternally, eternally grateful. Mm-hmm. I do want to say, though, I say that she's our friend. But really, she's just a friend that Juan keeps for me. <laughs> because I know if you two meet, she's going to replace me with you. <laughs> and I just, my attachment issues will prevent me. It's not me, it's my attachment issues. Let's just put oh, it like abs- that. Absolutely. Let me... yeah. It's not me, it's my Sagittarius rising. <laughs> You're Sag rising? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Actually, uh... I think I'm... I'm too. Sa- I'm Sagittarius Sun and Rising, I think, and then the Libra Moon. I'm a Libra. <laughs> or <laughs> why'd you say it like? 
<laughs> There's a Nicki Minaj video. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Nicki Minaj. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> we're about ten minutes into this podcast. Not one single step towards the topic. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. so today's topic is imposter syndrome. Yeah, and, and dealing with imposter syndrome. Absolutely. And I just I thought it was <laughs> a good topic for again like the fact that we opened up we kind of let people into like this part of our lives that is also very new to us Mm -hmm. one of the things that like made me want to like choose this topic was I ran into this thing on Instagram that honestly put it into like perspective for me because it was just like a screen grab of a, a documentary of this comedian and it talked about like their experiences like before going on stage and Mm -hmm. I mean it was just kind of really emotional because like you think of comedians like oh they're just funny people and they're funny all the time and this and that like happy all the time yeah absolutely and it talked about um oh I don't know her name but she was in Parks and Rec she was John Ralphio's sister Oh, I love her. So it was that actress. And it talked about, like, in an interview, she was asked, like, don't you think you're funny? Like, one of her friends asked her, like, don't you think you're funny? She's like, it's not that I don't think I'm funny. It's like, before I go on stage, like, I have this, like, something about having, like, this huge fear of, like, are they going to like me? Right. And really, it really just boils down to that. Like, you don't have to be loved by everyone, but being disliked by a number of people in any room that you walk into, like, it really does affect your, how you present yourself in that room, I I guess. And I don't know, I just felt like it really connected to, like, that experience of, like, sharing the podcast and, like, just existing in the way that we do. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think for her and, it makes sense. And I mean, it makes sense for everybody who, who deals with imposter syndrome. But I mean, in that case, it, it makes a lot of sense because that's your profession is being liked mm-hmm. and being thought of as funny and mm-hmm. people, you know, like enjoying what you're saying. But it's like that thin line of if they don't like me, then they're laughing at me. But if they like me, they're laughing with me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know that thinking about that, it kind of just reminds me of that like childhood need, the child, I don't know, like that need to be liked as a kid and mm-hmm. kind of like it kind of stems into adulthood. Um, yeah. Needing that validation. Um, I was thinking about this topic of um, imposter syndrome and I was thinking about it and I don't know if it's, like when people think about imposter syndrome, if it's been such an obvious thing, but for me, it kind of hit me like a bag of bricks when I was thinking about it, because Mm. when you think about imposter syndrome and like what it means and like feeling like you don't belong or feeling like you're going to be discovered and people are going to realize that, Oh, like you're not as good as like you, pretended to yeah, be they're gonna realize I'm a fraud <laughs> they're gonna realize I'm a fraud and they're gonna like kick me out and I don't know I was thinking about that and it's to me it kind of feels like 
your like yourself is going against you and being like you don't deserve what you've worked for yes like you don't you don't deserve where you're at what you have and there's that voice that's like you don't deserve this and people are going to find out about it and i don't know it it brings in brings into question like the idea of merit and like the idea of why don't i deserve what i have you know exactly and i was thinking about that because i i deal pretty heavily with imposter syndrome and feeling like people are going to be like oh my god this guy's an idiot why did we hire him why are we around him like Mm -hmm. and it constantly feels like i'm just waiting for people to realize that and i was thinking about it and I'm like why do I feel like I don't deserve to be where I'm at and I don't know I I don't know I'm still thinking about that and what and trying to figure out why I feel like I don't deserve the things I have Mm -hmm. um so I don't know what do you think no I I absolutely agree like I I mean you know about my job and how how much of um an outcast I feel sometimes because you know the the environment the sole focus of it is not something that I was um that I'm accustomed to so it's a very big learning curve for me and on the other hand I'm also um I'm also the youngest person there yeah I'm I'm 24 and everyone is at least like 15 20 years older than me Mm -hmm. so it's it's definitely that thing of like why did they hire me like right was it a mistake like our our, I I really live with this constant fear like that I'm not doing a good enough job that Mm -hmm. because of the age gap between me and everybody that I work with it's that constant thing of like they were raised with this mentality of like your job is your life working Mm -hmm. is your life and on the other hand I have this mentality of like I'm not going to kill myself for a job so sometimes I feel like they think that I'm lazy or they think that like why would we choose somebody who's not gonna be a team player or whatever it may be but it's constantly that like battle in my head of like they're gonna fire me tomorrow and like every day it's like they're gonna fire me tomorrow like they're gonna see that I'm not good enough for this position right and you're right though like I'm I'm the only person like being affected by this because if I wasn't doing a good job they wouldn't have kept me after my probation period you know they wouldn't yeah I wouldn't be this far into this job mm-hmm. if I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing and I I kind of get that feeling in a lot of different scenarios as well you know what I mean like I mean I think I had to do a lot with COVID on my end mm. like I did not spend a lot of time with people mm-hmm. so when I finally started spending time with people I was in these spaces where I was like uncomfortable to be there because obviously socializing was like brand new again. Right. But it was also that thing of like, are these people actually my friends? <laughs> like, do yeah. these people actually want to spend time with me? Like, are they, are they just doing it because of um, what's it called? La costumbre? Like, mm-hmm. is that what this is? And I, I had a really big internal struggle of every single thing in my life. I felt 
like I wasn't supposed to be doing that. Like, not that I wasn't supposed to be doing that, but it's like I didn't deserve a seat at that table. Yeah, that's interesting um, to think about. And I and I like what you said about, I don't know, like, am I going to get fired? Um, mm. And kind of have it kind of have it be taken away from you so quickly mm-hmm. uh, after they realize like that like you're you're, you're a fraud supposedly mm-hmm. right and i i think that's interesting to think about too because that's in a weird way that's also how i felt about friendships too mm-hmm. um because for me like when i start getting like close to people and like start to become friends with people like my biggest fear is that like I'm gonna say something wrong and they're just gonna cut me off and like mm-hmm. nope whatever and so when I mess up and they tell me that I feel like it's the worst thing in the world because I'm like oh my god like they're gonna stop being my friend like why am why am I so dumb to have made that mistake mm-hmm. like why can I have been more careful in my words or mm-hmm. whatever and I think it all just stems from like perfectionism um and trying to trying to be good at everything like um right from the start and realistically Mm -hmm. that's not possible but I don't know growing up people like teachers were like oh you're so smart whatever like Mm -hmm. blah 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 and that carried me from elementary and middle school like being like gifted child whatever Mm. and literally high school hit and I was dumb as nails like things didn't come as easily math was like something I really struggled with Mm -hmm. um and so I don't know it's just expecting things to be to to be perfect and like still expecting like the things I do to be perfect on from the get-go um so I don't know, like that. That's I don't know if any of that made sense, but no, it absolutely does. Yeah, I <laughs> I had this thing. So I went to a charter school, mm-hmm. and I honestly never felt like I was like we were different from any of the other kids from other middle schools, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they really push you. Like they really push you to be above whatever the regular standard is, and I'm. I'm I'm glad that they did. It really did help me out a lot, but it also like it really did help me out a lot, but it also made it like difficult because I remember I had a really hard time when I first got to that school because I was like this is really difficult. Like they're asking so much more than of what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. And not that it's bad to like not that it was bad, you know, but to me it was just a lot more and overwhelming and it got to the point where it's like I realized the toll it was taking on me and my health yeah but I was achieving that good child I was achieving the grades I was whatever you know I was being the good noodle Mm -hmm. and I was just exhausted like all I did was go to school go home do homework repeat like that was my life and then I got to high school and high school is like pretty easy in the beginning like I wasn't Mm -hmm. I kind of goofed off because all the stuff that I was learning in my freshman year I had already really learned 
in at my charter school. So it got to the point where it's like, okay, well, like I can handle this. This is going to be high school. This is going to be fine. And then I started taking AP classes. I started taking like, you know, advanced classes, whatever. And I was like, oh, well, I'm back to this thing of like, I'm working to, I'm burning out for school, but then I'm neglecting myself. Mm -hmm. So I think that for me always made it really difficult and really like fed into my imposter syndrome because I would see everybody around me like they were doing what I was doing but then they were also doing sports and they were socializing and they were doing like all these other things and I was like well I can barely do this school thing that must obviously mean that I'm not as smart that I'm not as talented that I'm not this 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 and this and I think that's what made me really really struggle because it was the same once I got to college like I felt like yeah, I could do what everybody else is doing, mm-hmm. but it's literally costing me everything. Like I would right. constantly burn out. I would be so sick that I couldn't go anywhere, do anything. Like my body just would give up because of how tired I was. And I was like, well, then that must, that just kind of validated that belief that it's like, I shouldn't be here. Like I'm just taking up space, this and that. And it's, I don't know. It's like really difficult. And I mean, it wasn't until I got to college that I learned the word imposter syndrome. And I was like, yeah. there's a word for it. Like, right. Yeah. I'm not the only one who feels this way. And that was mm-hmm. like such a, it was honestly such a comfort. Yeah. Like to realize I'm not the only one who feels this way. Mm-hmm. Because then that turned into, well, maybe I should be here if everybody else feels the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I think I, I think I heard about the term imposter syndrome, like, <laughs> my fourth year in college. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and I really like what you brought up about um, being burnt out, because for me, realistically, I know that I need to give myself breaks and, you know, take time for myself and not push myself so hard and not be too hard on myself, but it's so annoying because literally anytime I do I feel like I don't deserve it Mm -hmm. and it always comes back to like that idea of like being worthy of a break or like deserving something um capitalism and her gorilla grip on our lives no oh my god literally (laughs) like I feel like if I'm not burning myself to like I don't know burning the, out yeah like <laughs> <laughs> I was like let's not give out <laughs> like if I'm not burning out and like just constantly exhausted and like whatever then I don't deserve like a 15 minute break or whatever and so I don't know it's it's hard for me to like be easy on myself because there's that part of me that's like, well, you could have done this or you could have worked on this harder or whatever. And like, honestly, yeah, I probably could have, but I'm just so tired. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. It's, I don't know. I don't know. You know, that also has like, I feel, well, just this is my belief. It also has a lot to do with our parents. Yeah. Not to like 
point fingers or anything, but like, <laughs> it's your mom's fault. <laughs> it's my mom's fault that you're tired. <laughs> I don't say if you're listening to this. <laughs> Just kidding. Count your day. Count your day. <laughs> but like, it's that thing that we, I mean, I'm not going to include your parents in this because then I feel guilty because, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So like for me and my mom, you know, I, I always had that expectation that it's like, well, she's working so hard to let you guys, to like raise you guys and whatever. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's the least you can do. Yeah. The least you can do is do all these things, burn out for school, this and that, this and that. And it was always that belief that it's like, well, you're just sitting there in a class. You're just sitting there writing a paper. You're just sitting there studying for this. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting at a desk, but I'm also pulling my hair out. Like, please, <laughs> like, right. please understand, like, the level of stress that I'm under. And mm-hmm. it was always that thing that if, like, if I say that I'm tired, then I'm ungrateful because my mom is so much more tired than I am. Right. Like they're working so much harder and yeah. doing so much more physical labor. Like where do yeah. I get to, why do I get to be like, I'm tired. And I don't know, my parents weren't very much like complainers mm-hmm. um, and be like, Oh, it's rare that I'd hear them be like, I'm tired after a long day of work. Mm-hmm. And here I am like in school or at work, like mm-hmm. sitting down most of the day. And coming home and being like, I'm tired. Like, I don't know. It's, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I know for myself, there was like other people who, who wouldn't directly make me feel that way. But like, they would always say like, oh, your mom works so hard for your guys and your mom this and your mom that. And I was like, yeah, like my mom did do a lot of hard work and my mom works every single day, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's not that her efforts weren't appreciated and that they went unnoticed. Yeah, or going unnoticed. It's also that thing where it's like, I remember one time, like one of the few times that I brought home straight A's on a report card. And it was also that thing of it's like, why weren't, why are, why is this an A minus? Right. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to, and I think for me, like that, I promise you is like one of my villain origin stories. No, literally like, that makes me go feral. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. Because my, I remember being really upset on my mom that it's like, why is this an A minus and not an A? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to bring you C averages for the rest of my life and you're going to be happy about it. Yeah. Which I feel like I kind of did, even though, like, hmm. you know, some days are better than others. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I felt like that from that point on. I was like, why should I try so hard? Like, what no. is the point? And, like, I mean, once I got to high school and got into AP classes, we were all a bunch of cheaters. So I feel like that made it kind of easier. Mm-hmm. but it was still so much work like all these projects right. all these like I did um golf for two years and like in that time I was also like I was babysitting some kids and I was doing golf and I was like working out like multiple hours a day because there was also that thing that it's like you don't fit the mold 
So, I mean, these are things that would be said to me that it's like, if you don't fit this mold, then you're, you're going to have a harder time. And I was like, well, that's not very, <laughs> that's not very encouraging. So I was like doing all these things. And then I would go home at the end of my day, I'd get home like around eight o'clock and yeah. I'd start doing homework. Yeah. So it's like, I'd wake up to babysit kids at five, go on about my day, get home at like eight, have dinner, do homework, go to bed. And then again mm-hmm. at five. And it was like, I was like, what, 15? I, I didn't need to be doing that to myself, you know, like I was still going to have a home at the end of the day like I was still going to I don't know like I I was burning out because I feel like I wasn't doing enough but I really was I was doing too much like I was I was not in the okay like spot to like mentally it really took a toll on me like I really struggled with my mental health from that point forward because it was just Mm -hmm. constantly me like burning myself out oh my god that just reminded me when I was in high school they offered these like SAT prep courses mm-hmm. and we had to take them on Saturday. Oh God. I know. And I, we had to take them on Saturday and like one of the Saturdays, like we were all desperate to get the hell out of there. Cause it was the same day as formal. Mm-hmm. And I remember like people showed up with like their hair done or like whatever did the class and went home to get ready. And it's like, what was the big deal? <laughs> they just put some streamers up in a gym. <laughs> like, oh my god! Why were we so pressed? That is so funny that you took an SAT prep class because I didn't. I went in raw. <laughs> I want to brag about something. Go ahead, brag. I did really well on my SATs. That is so good. Like, good and, for you. No, and I'm gonna talk shit about this girl. She. <laughs> hate her i don't hate her i don't really i don't even remember her name (laughs) i remember we were taking um like a practice sat Mm -hmm. and my score was pretty high Mm -hmm. and it was higher than like some of the smarter kids yeah i mean i wasn't dumb but you know who they are like I, I scored higher than that one specific girl who was like brainiac central whatever yeah and she's like i can't believe you got that score oh hell no. and i was like yeah and i was like i'm so smart <laughs> <laughs> and i i didn't realize how much of an insult that was until afterwards and i was mm-hmm. like <laughs> mm-hmm. oh screw you because that was yeah. so mean yeah like I worked really hard. I I've been studying my ass off like everybody else. Like why mm-hmm. shouldn't I get a good grade? I remember, and then that's when we took the SAT prep courses because that's why we were talking about it. And I did better than her again. Your mind. And I was so happy that I did because it's like screw you. For, yeah, literally. For making me feel like I was a big old dummy. Yeah, but that was my bragging point and venting point. That reminds me, uh, my freshman year, my college roommate, his girlfriend and I had the same psych class. Hmm. I don't remember her name. If I remembered, I'd call her out because, (laughs) oh my God, it was literally so annoying. Because literally, so we had the same class, 
same psych class and we had four tests no we had five tests if you did bad on one then you would take the fourth like the fifth one and that would make up for the bad score yeah and i would study so hard and i'd ask her because she seemed like she knew what was going on um whatever um and so i was like oh like how are you feeling about this like i'm so nervous about the test and she's like oh like i studied i totally i totally understand the topic and like blah 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 and i was like oh i'm still like a little nervous about it but like okay like hopefully i do good Mm -hmm. she's like i'm sure you'll do fine like it's the the subject super easy whatever Mm -hmm. and so (laughs) it was so funny because we got our results and I got an A and she got a C. <laughs> ah, the power. No. The yeah. power. I and love. you know what? Oh my God. So after I was like, oh, what did you get? Because I was sure she got an A. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what did you get? And she was like, oh, I got a C, but like I didn't even study and I didn't even try on the test. What did you get? And I was like, uh, oh, <laughs> oh, I got an A. And she's like, yeah, like it was, yeah, like good for you, like whatever. I got an A, Mama. Go choke on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then she kept getting C's in the test, and she would. I want her confidence though, because every single time she'd be like, "I'm, I understand the topic, and I'm not nervous at all, and I whatever, I'm, I'm ready for this test." Okay, and I don't. That's, that to me is just saying she's overcompensating, because obviously, oh, yeah, huh? <laughs> yeah. she didn't. I mean, not to talk shit about her, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no. And I'd be, I'd be so nervous about it because it was my first, it was one of my, that was my freshman year. And I was like, Mm -hmm. like, let's just, let's do good mamas. And I would keep getting A's and she'd keep getting C's. And I was like, yeah, that's right. Because it was, she was just not like empathetic to how I was feeling. And she'd just be Mm -hmm. like, blah, blah, blah. I feel confident. And I was like, okay, whatever. Um, but speaking of college, um, one of the thing, one of the things I like really distinctly remember feeling in every single class, no matter what it was, like the people in there or whatever. And as like time went on and like the years went by in school and like, I was starting to familiarize myself with like the people Mm -hmm. and everything, like no matter what, every single like first week, I'd always feel like people knew what was going on for some reason and I'd always feel like I had no idea what was going on like even if it was the first day and even if there was no email sent out Mm -hmm. and like we were just covering the syllabus I'd always feel like people like immediately understood like what we were going to be learning and like had some kind of pristine background in the subject that we were going to be studying that semester and I'm like why I don't know why I feel like that like why do I always feel like I don't know I I just always felt like people had this background knowledge and what we were there for and I'd be like what are like what's going on and like sometimes people would be like oh this is going on or sometimes they'd be like oh I don't know and I'm like yeah okay (laughs) no I think that's really funny that you mentioned that because people thought that I was that person really what was going yeah and I was like when somebody mentioned it to me for the first time I thought it was hysterical because it's like 
no baby <laughs> like i am flying by the seat of my pants like i don't know what is happening ever it's the blind leading the blind absolutely and i remember like my freshman year i took a stats course and mm-hmm. i never showed up to that class never oh like i would show up for exams and when packets were due uh-huh. so and i passed that class with like an a or a b wow and everyone's like you you don't even try you don't even this i was like baby i'm in the library <laughs> every day of my life crying <laughs> fighting for my life <laughs> fighting for my life if i'm not in his classes because the way he teaches confuses me more <laughs> like uh-huh. so i'm i'm out there on my own and i always thought it was super funny because like i was always that student who never showed up to class but i would pass my classes mm. so it's like if I'm there every day, just know I'm struggling. (laughs) Just know I don't know what's going on. But people would think that like, oh, you're so calm. Like you have it in the bag and this and that. And I was like, I'm in tears right now. Like, please help me. I don't know what's going on. And yeah, I think there's also that culture of like, you're scared to ask for help. Yeah. Like you're scared to ask for help because everyone seems like they know what's going on like they have a handle on it and absolutely not they don't not even a little Mm -mm. yeah Yeah, and it's crazy how like even into adulthood people are so scared to ask for help and look dumb and like I'm like I love like now I love asking questions and like getting clarification and showing up with my notebook and like Mm. writing down literally everything because Mm. I I don't know. I feel like I have to there. I don't know. There's, there's always going to be that constant pressure on myself to like always be perfect at literally everything. Um, Yeah. And I think it's difficult. Like, yeah, I, I I had a really hard time learning that it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to ask for clarification and questions, but that's also not what everyone's looking for. Yeah. Because I remember I was applying the job that I was interviewing for right before I got this job was um, for a nonprofit. And I was asking all these questions and I was like, okay, so what I'm hearing is, and then I would repeat the question Mm -hmm. and then I'd answer it. And when I had a follow-up with the girl, she was like, you know, you didn't get a, a second interview, but we'd love to do a sit down if you have questions about your interview. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. So we sat down and we talked, well, via Zoom, and we talked about, I was like, okay, what, what are some things I can improve on? She was like, your confidence, you asked a lot of questions and oh asked for God. a lot of clarification. And I was like, oh. Why wouldn't you want somebody who asks for clarification? And that's what kind of bothered me. It's like, because she was saying, she was like, you lacked confidence. And she's like, that just shows that you're not confident in your decision-making skills. And I was like... I just want to okay. make sure, like, my thing so is, like... So now you're reaching. <laughs> no, I I really did. I was really bothered by that thing, yeah. too, because it's, like, I'm barely learning to, like, ask for help when I need it and ask for right. clarification and not feel like I have to figure everything out for myself. Yeah. And, sorry, I got a text message, and it was a picture of a cat, and I got distracted. Your mind. Let me close that. Yeah, but it's, like... I, I was so scared that that comment was going to send me back. And I was like, I'm never asking another question again. I'm going to figure it out by myself. Yeah. But I'm glad that I didn't because Good. my poor supervisor, I'm always like, when he's in the office, I'm like, uh, hey, I need help. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
that's interesting that they offered to sit down with you though for um for like hey ask us if you have any questions though because i to me that just tells me that they liked you but they're they're kind of just stuck on that it seems like um so i don't know it that's annoying that's really annoying to me um yeah i thought that was annoying too but i'm kind of glad i didn't get that job because i wouldn't want to commute into the city you know into the city anyway i think to wrap this up unless you had more to add no, I honestly, I saw that picture that came in of that cat and I forgot everything it said. So, your mind. We're doing um, good. <laughs> I think to wrap things up, I just want to say that if you are also feeling pretty similarly, and I mean, I've seen this before where like, oh, adults have no idea what they're doing and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, absolutely. We are all <laughs> taking things day by day. And really, it just, just depends on the confidence that you portray um, and yeah. how and how you um, exude your like question question asking and all of that stuff like you are absolutely worthy uh, yeah. of where you are and like people are only going to go and perceive you based on how you perceive yourself and how you put yourself mm-hmm. out there so i mean fake it till you make it honestly no that's that's exactly right like my old boss one of the greatest pieces of advice that he gave me was exactly that like fake it till you make it he would always tell me he's like if you walk into a room with confidence and act like you own the place nobody's ever going to question you yeah and it's like yeah that's what i want like I don't want to be questioned. I, I don't want people to look at like look at me funny or be like, "Why is that person here?" Like they don't, they're not supposed to be here. Whatever. Like, yeah. I want, like, my ultimate goal is to be confident enough to to demand a presence in whatever room I'm in. And I think that that's obviously like a work in progress, but yeah, I feel like ultimately it's a good goal to have because we don't give ourselves enough credit for the things we've done that sometimes that boost of confidence really makes all the difference absolutely and you know what i i saw i read a thing and it was like um when it comes to interviews and and something i struggle with a lot is interviews and like feeling like again like i deserve to be there or not or whatever Mm. Um, but one of the pieces of advice that i got was that if you make it to the interview they already think you're qualified yeah they just want to see your personality and oh my if, God. Uh, if your personality is going to fit with them and their culture and like the people that work there and all of that stuff and that's why they're offering you in interviews because they think you're qualified and that you deserve a seat at that table but they just want to see like who you are and like how you communicate because at the end of the day communication is one of the most important things when it comes to an interview and like how oh you communicate God. and how you how you talk because yeah. you could be the most qualified person in a room and not know how to like sell yourself yeah and some dummy is going to walk in there the audacity no literally <laughs> and just be able to you know charm their pants off so yeah 
yeah, that's that's something that's really helped me a lot is is understanding that an interview means that they think I'm qualified. Um, and it and and yeah, and it sucks because a lot of like resume stuff is now being processed by like an automated system. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of beat the system anyway. Yeah, but yeah, that that's what helps me. No, I really love that. I have never heard that before, and I'm completely obsessed. Like that is, that is a wonderful way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Again, thank you everybody for listening. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm beyond grateful for all the support that we've been receiving, and I, we hope that you guys enjoy the stuff we put out. I know today was like a little bit more of a serious episode, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I agree. Yeah, thank you. I know you all probably thought this was going to be a funny episode, but yes, thank you. Thank you for listening and supporting. And yeah, we'll keep throwing in some funny and some serious your way. And thank you for listening to another episode of No Literally. Goodbye. Bye.